0: This episode of Grade 43 is brought to you by On Trajectory. See where your money is taking you at ontrajectory.com. Somewhere out there is a class that has no teacher, a grade that leads to no degree. Recess is all but a memory. The children call the shots and the pets are merciless. There are no meetings, but there are still conference calls and always homework. Two middle-aged men with a guitar problem in the form of a podcast.
1: Welcome to Grade 43. Get off my lawn. Oh,
2: All right. Man.
0: All right. So now we got to do an intro.
2: <laughs> Ooh.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, serious adulting for both of us. You had serious adulting over the past couple weeks. I've had serious adulting starting, I guess, yesterday. With yeah. my, with like my dad's nurse asking me, Hey, do you want me to call the ambulance or do you want to come get him for him to go to the emergency oh, room? And man, I'm like,
2: brother.
1: Oh, uh, this is a good start to my day for my week. Okay. Yeah. So
2: on,
0: on that related note, cause like I said, like, I feel like it's like physically painful for us not to do this at any like interval, like, Oh, we missed it and all that. So yeah. I, I wrote up like five sentences to say by way of intro, whenever we figure out what the cold open is.
1: I think it just happened. Yeah? Is that what it is? No? Oh, yeah. yeah oh, I right. That was, yeah. Ugh. That was me talking about adulting.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I, I had uh, I wrote up some, some words about that, and then you can intro our amazing guest. How's that?
1: Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah.
0: Okay, cool. So here it goes. So, you know, uh, as you may have just heard or inferred, you know, not to make light of any uh, sort of real world or first world problems, like not podcasting uh that uh this whole situation may imply but man like calamar said we've had quite a lot to deal with lately between people entering or leaving hospitals or covid and uh, the first uh, dose of a normal school year quote-unquote normal school year in two years so uh it's taken us a while to get this episode together uh just because of the very real happenstances of life that can't be quantified into pithy podcast intros so uh we had to skip some school, but we're back. We have more learning and challenges, and hopefully, people other than us talking. And uh, it's it's great and kind of curative to be back. And we hope you think so too. So, uh, you know, getting back to normal in any sort of sense of the word is a difficult and necessary thing. So now let's talk about strings for two and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And you know before I intro our guest who is a dear friend of both of ours since grade 1 we're in grade yeah, 43 now that's right. in reality probably grade 46 or somewhere mm-hmm. but if, since grade 1 he was our friend um hopefully the the conversation conveys to all of you as much as it does to us like sort of the magic and the opportunity for the three of us to be talking and be Connected even though the three of us have gone off in different paths and somehow have stayed connected as we have. So for us it was thousands of miles between us, right? It was like the perfect special episode for you know after everything that's gone on. So we're pretty excited about it. So we have our guest here, pretty exciting, and I think we'll probably try to, like, we had some great little banter before we even started here, and we're going to filter that into all this. But, so, Shaker, Brian, and myself, we all met in, it was like first or second grade. I don't remember if it was first or second, and I can tell you, I always used to get in trouble with my parents. I don't know if Shaker knows this or not, but Shaker lived walking distance from our school And he and I very innocently would always be like, hey, you want to come over? And I'd be like, yeah, I want to come over. That sounds like fun. And I would head to his house and never tell my parents (laughs) because we would plan that like during lunch or whatever. And then Shaker's parents would get the call and they're like, hey, Calamar, it's your parents. And I'm like, oh, hey, what's up? And they're like, okay, we found you. Our next call was going to be to the police. And I was like, oh, crap. And I never learned my lesson. I did that like multiple times. And so – uh, that's like the strongest memory I have of us like growing up and playing all the time. And I have pictures of the three of us at like my birthday party doing putt-putt and rocking all the tube things. socks, right? Yeah. Those, like, rocking the yep, tube right. socks and sitting on top of our Chevette and whatever, <laughs> like the birthday party in my yard and all that. And then I want to say like 10 or 15 years ago. Might have even been like eighteen years ago. Uh, we all reconnected like on Facebook. It was like this mm. weird moment when people were all getting back on, or not getting back on Facebook. Facebook was like a new thing in a way, and then everyone was connecting on there. And I know the two of them stayed. In th- they they have more going on because they went to high school together and everything. But like then, but then we all stayed in touch. Funniest thing, we all have similar tastes and hobbies and such, and so we've it's been awesome and everyone has kids, and so we all stayed connected through all of that uh you know shaker doesn't even realize this but he was pretty influential in my getting into software development like i had a bunch of questions for him wow. when i was doing that when i was getting out of like selling food you know is that a is that a good point or a bad point like, well <laughs> i mean just i can't complain about where i'm at right now and yeah, i remember that's asking that's him funny. questions about like recursion what's that you know and he was helping me with like these little puzzles and all that stuff so i gotta say like like Shaker is one of, like, the most unassuming, brilliant people I know, and his knowledge of technology and music both run super deep, which I guess is perfect for what he does now, which we're still going to try to ex- understand, because I don't know if I understand <laughs> really what Shaker does. And um, so, yeah, without, like, any further ado, as we always say, let's welcome Shaker to the podcast. Hey, Mom hey, said you know? we could
0: have a friend over, so this is all cool.
3: Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's crazy. We do go like really far back and it's this sort of weird thing where like that whole story, if we were, we were like 10 or 15 years older, probably wouldn't have happened, right? Because we'd have been like too old for like Facebook would have come up too late in our lives. Probably we probably would have lost touch and just never reconnected. And if we were 10 or 15 years younger, it also never would have happened because we probably never would have lost touch. Like yeah. I know that from my son. <laughs> like one of his friends moved away, but they're still on WhatsApp together and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yep. Like it just yeah, it kind of was weird. Like or oh, it's not know, Snapchat.
1: Know. I thought the kids now all use Snapchat.
3: Snap, uh, That's part na- of it. It's
0: this. It's this bizarre Snap TikTok. Just Instagram. I heard nonsense. they have like
1: conversations on Instagram, <laughs> like DMs, group DMs on Instagram. It's like, I I, know,
3: I, it's like I'm yeah. photos.
0: There are, I can, I can assure you, cause I asked for some Instagram training uh, from one of my kids and I can assure you there are deep implications to what you do or do not do on Instagram. As far as the entire extent of your social life, it's like crazy, yeah. which is why you also <laughs> run the Instagram feed.
1: <laughs> I don't think those rules apply to our version of life and
0: what we no, post on Instagram. Nah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's start because Shaker, you're a pro, right? So let's uh,
3: kind of right. I mean, it's yeah. also, I also have like a day job, of course, right. I have right. two day jobs in fact. And um, uh, so, but yeah, I guess the, the quick story is like, I guess after I went to, I went to university and then I worked for a bit and then I went to graduate school and I studied um, electronic music. Uh, we, in Santa Barbara with this, uh, composer named Curtis Rhodes, who's like an, who's a, who makes electronic music, really amazing, amazing composer, makes really like very detailed, intricate, um, purely electronic pieces. Uh, then I kind of, you know, like I spent a lot of time kind of, um, in that world, like in the, in the electronic music world, um, like, but also doing software development. I wrote software for, uh, controlling like a multi-channel loudspeaker system, like this 40 channel, like, you know, immersive loudspeaker system um, and was also, you know, r- making electronic music at that same time. Um, and- uh,
1: Back up, back up. What did you go to university for? Let's not make this
3: uh, short. Like- how- Let's make this- sh- <laughs> Right. So, I mean, my undergrad was in math. So I went to, uh, I did, yeah, my undergrad at, at uh, Cal Berkeley in math. Then I worked for a while as software developer, and then I did a, a graduate school in, I guess technically it's called, um, like, Media Arts and Technology was the name of the degree, but I specialized in electronic music, so that was one of the options there. Um, and there's a couple of people who are well-known um, in the electronic music world, like, especially academic electronic music world who are there. Curtis Rhodes and Stephen Pope is another, um, uh, like, kind of pioneer in that in that domain.
1: How did you get your parents to agree to go to like electronic music school?
3: Oh, they didn't pay. I mean, I paid for that myself. Okay. Like, I'd been working for four years at that point. In the oh, okay, like, okay. I had, okay. yeah, yeah. I mean, I had, uh, I had,
0: <laughs> uh, I, I, I was able to bank all that. This is my son, the busker. <laughs> right. Yeah, right,
1: right, right. <laughs> I spent forty hours working on these sounds here. Listen to
3: this. <laughs> do-deet, do-deet, do-deet. Right. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, eventually, like, I guess that's kind of been one of the themes of your show, I've noticed, because I'm a pretty, you know, uh,
0: like... You're patient zero for uh, a right, lot of our right. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Or patient one or two for a lot of our stuff.
3: Definitely, you know, very uh, dedicated listener. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I've noticed that's kind of one of the themes, just like, and, you know, just having the interest in music, but also having to just be an adult and have life and stuff like that. And that, of course, intervened at some point in time. And I had to kind of get a bit more of a steady and um, financially, you know,
2: <laughs> like sensible job. It's like, and, um, um, it, it's
0: like Kai said when we were doing the one ad read, oh, it's yeah. like, you know, rewarding jobs are not super remunerative, right? Right. <laughs> right.
3: Um, did you have no, kids I while mean, you were I, in grad school? I did not have kids when I was in grad school. No, no. So I was in grad school and then I worked in like this, you know, in this like technology like sound technology area for a while um but then um like when i when i had my first son like yeah that was around the time where i decided like i need a bit more stable yeah.
1: kind of and deal. sound technology being like more on the artistic side or like installation for like uh, an event place like disney or something
3: oh <laughs> not not that i mean like, it was back and forth a bit like i mean for a while i was doing you know i had like uh, fellowships to be composer um, but then I was also, uh, I worked at this place in, uh, Karlsruhe, Germany called the Zentrum für, uh, Musiktechn- No, wait, um, Zentrum für Kunst und Musik. Ah, oh, man.
2: Oh, you can just make it. up, We don't have Zentrum a lot of German Kunst listeners. so just make it up. <laughs> Yeah,
3: sorry. I gotta, uh, you gotta <laughs> They're gotta all get in Denmark. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Zentrum für Kunst und Medientechnologie. Um, which is like this, it's like a media art museum um but they also have a space where they present concerts so it's like the center for like electronic arts like activity um and so they they have a museum where they show artwork um in this domain um and they have a concert space where they present concerts and so i was working um in the in in the institute that was responsible for managing the concert stuff and that's where i was developing this um software for controlling this immersive sound system like working with uh composers and performers who'd come wanted to use the system kind of help them um achieve what they wanted to do uh with with what we had available or figure out like okay if i need to extend the software in order to enable what they were doing or give them ability to now
0: stuff. and it's, let's let, let me dig in on that a little bit but you're not talking about like yeah could you make the mids a little bit crisper or you know now, like it, what so what level like uh if i'm a musician right if i, I right. show up with my bagpipes what are you going to do for me uh, yeah i as mean the sound guy
3: <laughs> yeah, <right. Electronic-like laughs> So it wasn't the sound, we also had a sound engineer, of course, right, that was mic, right. like, and I mean, and the sounds themselves, this is primarily, we did do concerts that were acoustic concerts that were mic and then like um, sonified, like not sonified, sorry, mic'd and then um, spatialized in, in the sound system. So there were mm-hmm. performers on stage, but there was also the stuff happening um, in the audience that you were sitting in because you were surrounded by like 48 loudspeakers that were right. all around you. But it was primarily about like controlling sounds and like, okay, I, you know, um like helping them kind of figure out like how to spatialize their music in a way that made sense,
0: right So, so you' like, like a, the so you're like the yeah, at- mean, atmosphere guy, right
3: I guess I mean yeah, like it kind of varied for some people it was kind of a more central part. like some people some composers just work in stereo, and so they'd come with like a couple of stereo files and they'd be like, okay, let's let's do something with like this um other people already work multi channel and they have a multi channel setup and they're like well how do i take my 8 channel piece and um like how do i effectively use your 48 channels that you have available with mm-hmm. the 8 channels that i've got ah, okay. um and there's there's other people who just came with like a pro tools you know like whatever it's called like pro tools like setup file mm-hmm. and they'd be like you know i've got like 180 channels here of stuff like oh, what wow. are we, how are we going to distribute it around your 40 channels you remember um, in honestly, elementary they,
1: school They had that place in Baltimore that was called like the power plant or whatever. And Mm -hmm. it was like, they had this movie theater and this is like the kid's version of what you're doing. I think like if I, this immediately came to mind, it had smells and it had (laughs) audio that moved all around. So the guys would like go off screen and then come around behind you and come around the other side and do all these things. And it was like amazing. Cause they're like, smell the rose. And, and then you would like, Oh, I can smell the rose and and hear all these sounds. So it sounds like you were in a place where this was done at like, just a, a, on a whole different level kind of thing.
3: Yeah. Scale. Right. Yeah. I mean, definitely like there's the, you know, that kind of THX sort of use of this multi-channel technology where it's like, okay, I want to have a sound of a car that sounds like it's coming from behind you and then like passes you on your left and make that really visceral uh, but then there's the other way of thinking about it, which would be like, you know, like the Beatles or something, right? Where, um, like, when they, when, you know, Sergeant Pepper, like, if you listen to it, there's all sorts of crazy stuff happening mm-hmm. in, like, the stereo field. Or another example, like, um, I remember... Uh, There's a Nine Inch Nails album. I don't know the name of it anymore. It's like Mm. got this orange fire kind of cover. (laughs) I can't remember the name (laughs) of it. But like there's a lot of stuff where um, Trent Reznor is like screaming the lyrics in like the left channel and like whispering them in the right. And there's like just all sorts of stuff happening like that. And it's kind of thinking about ways to like make use of um, this ability, these extra dimensions of sound that you have available in ways that are like artistically like interesting and yeah that can be effects for sure that 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 can that can work but it can also be just like different ways of of presenting um the sound and and taking advantage of that
0: yeah now was that an idea like you know that you kind of brought in to that that was like circulating in your whatever currency or was this kind of like mind blowing like oh yeah like, like this approach because I think for you know definitely for me because I'm a good old-fashioned middle-aged rock and roll guy um like was that revelatory do you feel like you were in on no, the ground no. floor of stuff like that was this a, a space that caught your eye like how did how did you get in on that
3: that I mean well that this whole approach has gone it goes back at least until the 50s right oh, like okay. like the post-war era I mean the first uh, I mean, there's even like kind of, you know, pre-World War II, like multi-channel pieces. They're a little bit rarer, but, um, certainly like in the post-war era and the early, like in the early fifties, like Stockhausen has a famous piece that's like this four-channel piece and stuff. And, um, yeah, so that, 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 this whole tradition from like electronic music goes back to that, that era okay. for sure. So, I mean, what, what's changed is just, um, <laughs> the 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 amount of speakers you just have act like speakers just became more inexpensive and you just have a bit uh, more of them available and um the ability to control them right because if you're just working on a mixer like yeah you can definitely do four channel stuff live you can control four um four sliders but if you like you know a kind of doable but like once you get over 10 you're kind of running out of fingers like what are you going to do and so i mean once you get into like the those higher numbers of channels you definitely need some kind of software control to to make that really usable so and, that's what and... we
1: see like if we were going to extrapolate like how we see presets like these days you watch even a a song a pop song the mixer is moving up and down like throughout the song cuz they're like bringing instruments in and out or or even you know increasing eq changing eq whatever oh. You're yeah. doing that with 40 channels as software, right. basically.
3: definitely. I mean, like, yeah, you kind of, like, one way of thinking about it is, um, like, if you're working in Pro Tools or whatever, you might have, um, like, volume control that's, like, like, where you ramp up a sound and then bring it mm-hmm. back down, or you might kind of tweak it around a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah, that that's stuff that, like, with software, it's pretty straightforward to do. You just kind of, like, draw a line and say, okay, go louder <laughs> right. at this rate. Um, but without software, it becomes, you know, just really tedious
1: right and then to try to make it super obvious to me and maybe to people listening we're talking about not only changing maybe it's eq or or certain uh, instruments volumes but we're talking about then also the stereo shape of the whole thing of being like 40 channels or whatever it is in a in a space
3: yeah, so You're like sitting inside. You're like sitting down in a space surrounded by, I mean, it's like a IMAX theater kind of yeah. right? With sound though. And it's all around you. So Time's like spot. there's speakers above you, there's speakers behind you, speakers in front of you to your left and to your right. And so you can do things like send the sound around in like a circle and have it spin sure. around you and like make it faster or slower or have it like fly over you and, and do things, uh, like that. Yeah, definitely. So
0: <clears throat> what, um, what happens? Like, I'm just, this is just like a thought experiment kind of thing because obviously, like you know, you have 40 speakers and your whole spatial thing. What happens to the the composition piece if all? And this is this is a question for you. This isn't like a like a technical thing. This is just like think about it. Say I compo- I go okay. I've got 40 speakers. I'm composing for 40 speakers in all every direction and space around me, and I can mix it any which way. What happens when I don't have that facility available to me? Because like, it's, it's a far cry from Robert Johnson being able to grab his guitar, sit on your porch, and tap his foot, and you can know what the song is. So like, how does that interplay of the song and the technology and the experience of it all work together?
3: I mean, um, no one composes for 48-channel system, right? Because those are really unique. I mean, yeah, for right. exactly that reason. Like, right. eventually you want to be able to, like, go to festivals and play your piece, or you want right. to be able to maybe make a CD or, like, put it on Bandcamp or something like that and have people be able to listen to it. So, I mean, I think typically, like, mo- generally people compose for stereo or maybe quad, like, if you want, because those setups are pretty widely available you can mm-hmm. definitely do
1: aren't there copy. some oral 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 headphones or something that people yeah so i mean i
3: guess that like maybe this is changing because i know you know with like uh, itunes they have all of and like iP- airpods and stuff there's this ability to to do sound spatialization mm-hmm. that's a whole nother domain like headphone sound spatialization because um it's kind of like um it's kind of like 3d glasses right where yeah where you're able to control the image that goes to each eye or each ear and then give the impression of sound um, like moving around in space as a result of being able to directly control that. Um, but in a concert situation, you know, people like, I probably don't want to sit around with headphones on. It's like, you know, that yeah. part of the experience of being in a concert is like being there interacting with people, like maybe chatting with your neighbor or whatever and like turning around and looking around and so there you want to take advantage of, of the speakers. And then you need to use, like, be able to move the sound like physically in space in order to get those same kinds of effects. But um yeah, so you definitely, like, I think most composers um will just target, you know, stereo, maybe quad, but then they'll be prepared to like work with, with a larger number of speakers if they have them available, like using those techniques that I described, like if you have like stem mixes in your approach tools, um, file then you can kind of say oh let me export like this subset of the sound channels to um to a file and have that like get moved around in this particular way Mm. and stuff so so um it's kind of like yeah it's way uh, so it is i
0: guess it is a separate thing right it's not the it's not a a Mm -hmm. entirely different way of doing music but it is different right right?
3: yeah okay it's it's definitely different But, um, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's still kind of like still music, right? Right. (laughs) right.
1: Take us from that world to guitar.
3: Yeah. (laughs) So that's a good question. Um, like, do you want my personal story or do you want? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you. you, Right. Me. Like how, so, I mean, my first instrument was guitar, right? Brian and I were in a band together. In fact. Oh, (laughs) no kidding. (laughs) Did did you you have the same high
1: school music teacher?
3: Uh, I didn't think no, music in high school. No. So, okay. But like I mean the uh, the rest of the band was went you At least part of the rest yeah, of the band. Yeah, at least Sorrow being, was, yeah. You know, sorrow Sara was for sure, yeah. Um so you know played played guitar in high school. Um and I guess there's a couple of ways to to kind like of look Zeppelin? at
1: this. Zeppelin? Like what? What like, did you guys have
0: yeah, in
3: your band? I mean, what we we played some Sabbath. I'm sure there's yeah, We played Sabbath.
0: we played some Sabbath. Uh yeah, we were really bad. we were like the world's first terrible jam band. <laughs> Where we do that? All right, three chords, go, and we just do it. And like, okay, let's do it louder. Now let's do it faster. And Shaker Mm. was the only one who had any real appreciable. I think my uh, band was worse. My
1: first band was me, a guy playing drums on a Casio keyboard, (laughs) and another guy singing. I think our neighbors hated us so
2: much.
3: Yeah, I mean, about that, like, we didn't do a lot of covers. We we kind of just we wanted to make our own music. I think we were clearly influenced by. By, by Zeppelin for sure. Yeah. I definitely listening to a lot of that kind of stuff, but I think we didn't like. N- none of us really had the patience to like just learn. A, no, no, <laughs> yeah, learn we, had, we had
0: no appeal or anything. I think probably the best, the, the like, pr- I'd say the the dot that I would connect to like this musical version of you goes back to when I think I was playing drums and Sorrow was playing bass, and we were at his apartment in uh, at University of Maryland. And you just kind of got off into this world where you were like, your fingers were all over the guitar and you're making like, like it was like a telegraph practically. Right. So that was like, that's, that was the first (laughs) glimpse of uh, avant-garde for lack of a better word, I recall.
3: Yeah. But, I mean, I mean, but right. It's like the nineties, right? That's just what people yeah. do. Like you have a band. I mean, lots of people have bands and we just did that. And, you fight uh,
0: over what to call it. And, uh. Yeah. <laughs> right.
3: Exactly. Um, and, what was your
1: setup? What was your setup, Shaker, when you were in that uh, band?
3: What? Oh God. I had some guitar. I don't even remember what it was. We both had,
1: uh, we both had Yamaha Pacificas, right?
3: It's possible. Yeah. I think, yeah, there was probably Yamaha Pacifica in my household. Were there pedals? Um,
1: was there like boss pedals
2: involved? With this there was
3: the definitely some. There was like a wall pedal like floating around. Like, not, I didn't own any of the equipment, but like our friend Sorrow was kind of a gearhead. He had a lot yeah. of stuff. He had, he had definitely. Um, and this kind of ties into where I think it's kind of a good segue in that like, um, I remember one summer, um, I like Sorrow loaned me his delay pedal and a four track and you know it was like a hot day and i was yeah, kind of didn't want to like go on the tape four track right like a, a tape cam track cam yeah right For, you have to
0: bounce it yourself Yeah, yeah. exactly you whole, and i was
3: yeah. sitting in my basement and just kind of like messing around with this and i just thought it was so amazing like the stuff that you could do with just like a delay pedal and a four track and you could get all of these sounds and like it was really like multi-voiced kind of um results just just with such little equipment mhm and that was kind of like the spark, I guess, for me. I was like, wow. And around the same time, I was getting into like, I was starting to get into a bit like music that's a bit more off the beaten track. Like up until that point, it was really like kind of classic rock stuff. But then from there, started branching out into like, you know, jazz. I remember that. Um, there was, and, every,
0: we had this recurring thing where like every week we would like, the first thing we would have to do is stop at Borders so you could pick up the jazz CD that you had
2: ordered. Right, yeah, like right, right. That's possible. Thing. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and and so i started to get into like slight you know music that was um just a, a, a bit like different didn't necessarily follow like the standard like rock music structure uh where things would kind of like expand out like a lot of improvisation maybe like lots of like you know like trying to listen to john coltrane and all these like kind of crazy sounds that are coming out of his saxophone and trying to figure out and understand, like, well, like, you know, like, uh, be, you know, really being blown away by that and trying to figure out, like, if I could do something like that, I, I really never had any interest or, I mean, really, I, I'm a terrible guitar player too, actually. Like I realized, <laughs> you know, pretty early on, like I took, um, I took guitar lessons from this amazing guitar player uh, named John Schott, who's really great guitarist, really erudite guy, like really, you know, he knows about like the, I mean, you can talk about About modes. Does he he know about modes? modes? He knows modes for sure. (laughs) He definitely knows modes. I mean, he's like technically a really great guitarist, but he's just like generally area like about like, like he knows a lot about like Wittgenstein and stuff. Like he's just, you know, one of these guys. (laughs) And I just remembered, like, I I really shudder like to think about what he thought of me. Cause I was just, just this guy, like I, like at the time, I just was not able to articulate like what, yeah, I wanted to do with the guitar. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he would have been, I'm sure he's, like I said, he's a really great guitarist, very diverse interests and very, you know, we talk about public enemy and we talk about like, like slide guitar. We talk about all this stuff and he knew, knew a lot about it, but um, I couldn't explain like what I wanted to do with the guitar, you know? So, <laughs> so I, I never really, I was just, yeah, I was just really bad. I'm, and still am just like a really bad guitar player. <laughs> and um,
0: you're in good company. But,
3: And so I was kind of like coming from there and thinking about but I was really interested in music and trying to figure out like what how can I how can I make music? How can I realize the stuff that I that I want to do? Um, but it's not gonna happen on the guitar. I'm just not yeah, I just don't have it like I just do not understand that the instrument in a way Hmm. that like that allows me to do. Yeah,
1: you know what's interesting (laughs) about what you just said is that um there's this pretty famous guitarist, his name is Josh Smith he primarily plays like blues rock influenced kind of things, but he talks a lot about John Coltrane and like playing, right. playing through changes, not just playing like over right. chords, but like really creating a melody that carries its way through the, the, the harmony. And uh I just find it really interesting how someone is as amazing as John Coltrane is because of how different a direction you can go in from that influence you know like you heard that and like it took your mind in a really really different direction i think than what it took this right. other guy yeah
3: yeah i mean or another good example is like michael hedges right you know this like insanely amazing um guitar player uh tragically kind of died in an auto accident like while i was pretty young made sort of like new age music right i mean yeah <laughs> But like, if you read his interviews, he's super into Varese. He's into like really crazy music, but he kind of just made like, you know, sort of easy listening music, but with like amazing chops. It's right. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Like, yeah, I mean, um, the directions that all of this stuff goes in, because I remember I used to think when I was younger, like, you know, people like who made uh, popular or music that was kind of more accessible Um, we're just not as knowledgeable, but it's totally not true at all, right? There's all these guys who know like a lot of like super experimental stuff, but they just, that's just not what they feel. They feel like they play totally different music. And for me, some ways it's the other way around. Like I really do like, you know, just. Uh, no, being out there, but I was going to say like, you know, I really like like Olivia Rodrigo or something like that. Like ah, okay. albums, it's really good, but yeah. it's just, I'm not going to make that kind of music. It's just not <laughs> right. Right.
0: Yeah. So, so one of my questions that I had was like, so what does it mean when you make music? Cause there's so many other things, especially the accessible music. It maps onto me and Bobby Sue going down to the quarry, right. Or something like that. Right. It's like very grippable um, and probably just, you know, like more universally acceptable, there's so many thoughts here, like, you know, okay, well, like design, like good design is like tricking people to do the right thing. So what's good composition? Cause like composition is evocative. Right. right. So I don't have a really good form question. Is this like, do you just, yeah, is it just yeah. choose your weapon, choose your poison? Is it more methodical? Like when you sit I down, mean,
3: I don't know. I don't really anymore subscribe to any like ideas about one way being superior to another way, you know, in terms of like music, just people just do whatever moves you right do what you feel what what you feel like is the right thing to do and if you're not able to achieve that with the means that you're you know with with what you can do then figure out some way to get there i guess Mm -hmm. is what i would say Mm -hmm. um so like i don't feel like the stuff i do is superior in any way to any Mm -hmm. other kind of composition or it's just kind of it's just thinking about different things than that uh then then like what like somebody who's trying to write a pop song is thinking right. about. Mm-hmm. I, mean... mm-hmm. I was <laughs> so, thinking about but...
1: that like two days ago, really. Like as a guitarist, who cares? Do you play for the non guitarist so that they get excited and bob their head and get into it? Or do you play for other guitarists, right? Like, ooh, look at what he did there, you know? And everyone else <laughs> is like, I was dumb. Like, I don't care about what he just played. Who cares? Yeah. You do what moves you,
2: right? Yeah. Like,
3: I totally subscribe to that. I feel that's the kind of you know really like only viable way. I mean, I I mean, oh maybe not even. I don't know. Maybe like again, it depends on what you want to do. If you want to be like popular musician, then you do need to be concerned about like what you think people right. will like and yeah. try to achieve that. But if, if you're if like, you're
0: busking, you need to do the stuff that people are going to flip their quarters for, right? Exactly, so definitely, out.
3: right? Yeah. It doesn't make sense for a busker to sit around like making super crazy <laughs> noises like maybe. no one's gonna. Maybe,
1: <laughs> I mean, or you, or got he is, like, you got the metal people, you got the metal statue robot people that don't move or whatever. Right. And they get... or, or if
0: he is, he's going to end up like Socrates, right? You know, like, right. get rid of, right. get rid of,
3: right. of this guy. Like, okay. yeah, or, right.
1: <laughs> so, so, so let's, let's kind of get in the direction of like, where are you now? Like, what are, where are you doing now before, because right. I want to frame that to like our next thing, which I'm even going to read what you wrote. Cause I thought it was awesome about like thinking about the guitar and the music that you can compose, et cetera. So tell us about where you are now.
3: Yeah, right. I mean, so, um, so, I mean, what I think about what I do is making music myself, but I, when I talk about it to other people, I describe it as sound art usually, because that's like this entire domain of like people who make art where their medium is sound. And the like reason your stuff's do, in a gallery, right? I mean, my stuff is generally not, like, I don't play concerts. You know, like my stuff is like the stuff that I've managed to get presented out there has been in other domains. It's been like, yeah, it's done things in galleries or um, museums or like just as installations where it's just kind of there um, for you to walk past or interact with, but not like something that you're going to download and listen to on itunes not 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 because i feel and it's not like i'm you know i'm totally fine i'm super into people downloading my music on from Bandcamp or and listening to it i think it's yeah. great but i just realized that it's a pretty small audience that's going Links to Links in the comments
0: be, you're never going to be talking to downtown julie brown <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Wubba, wobba, wobba.
3: you're like the um the encyclopedia of like eighties references. <laughs> of,
0: of wasted
3: references. Yeah. I don't does she still exist? I don't even know. Yeah, I don't know. It's a good question.
1: <laughs> you two, yeah, see, you get all his references. He makes references <laughs> to me and I'm always like, sorry, dude, another yeah. one that I, I it's
3: just like you have to watch a lot of crappy cable television in yeah. the eighties. So. I, I was raised on TV. Sorry. We
1: didn't have American
0: cable <laughs> in Brazil. Go
3: yeah, you probably didn't yeah. right Exactly.
0: I do have an important thing, and one of the things that we've relied on on you in the podcast for is certainly the scientific aspect of your, uh, of your mind. And we don't get the opportunity to do live follow-up, but we did have an exchange where you like truth bombed us about the difference between a microphone and a speaker. Oh so, yes, you did. Uh, When Calamar's talked yeah. about to the the drummer who turned a uh, a speaker into a microphone or vice versa.
2: Yeah, I mean that
3: was kind of part of my studies, right? Like we had to know, we had to understand, like you know, looked at all this technology that we're using to make music and try to understand how it all works and stuff. I mean, I'm pretty, I'm honestly pretty weak on the electrical side of things. I understand, you know, like in physics, I'm not super good at that side of things, but like I do have a Vague understanding of that. So um, so the
1: know. truth bomb that we didn't tell anyone else about is like, I was saying that, oh, my buddy took a, a speaker and made it into a microphone for his drum kit or whatever. And I was like, oh, that's weird. And Brian's like, you can do that. And I'm like, yeah, I think you just like reverse the polarity or some little thing. And like, boop, now it's a microphone. And then shaker was like, yeah, dude, they're like the same thing. It's like a membrane, same invention. You know, it, 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 it one sends out the vibrations. the other one is just catching the vibrations and absorbing it it's basically the same thing except in reverse directions
3: yeah that's that's a pretty good way of uh explaining it and summarizing it but right i mean the whole the whole like all this technology is about taking sound waves which happen in air um or some medium typically air not that's in a right. vacuum not not a vacuum <laughs> for sure and we're not doing a lot of like <clears throat> listening to pieces underwater so generally air um, and you need to take the movement of air and put it into some form that's analog and analog to that movement um, that that has that same, like, you know, waveform, that same shape, uh, but in some form that you can transport or, like, process more easily. And so, yeah, like, that's that's what microphones and speakers do. They take movements of sound and convert them into electric waves that you can then, you know, capture or modify and, or then... Send back out and you can take the electric waves and have like, you know, create sound out of that too. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, exactly.
0: So bottom line, there will never be a space orchestra, right? Because we <laughs> need we need air. Track.
3: That, that's, that's true. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> air okay. has to be a different music. So, so, so you're Kerber's a sound
1: artist. artist. I want to get back to this. You're a sound yes. artist. Right. Sorry. So Sorry what is reverse. that? Well, I, no, do, no, we all. Were, yeah. I love it. It's like so many years of us all, and now we're like here together, and this is awesome. So, like,
2: right? T- so t- tell what, us, about I mean, this. Yeah, What's your I day mean, again, look
1: like? Like, well, it's what? not just
3: one. Yeah, it? it's not just one thing, right? It's not like just like a visual artist. There's people who paint. There's people who um, make sculptures. There's people who do conceptual work. There's people who do film or video. Mixed media. Mixed media, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, collages, what have you. And, um, it's kind of the same, you know, like lots of people, there's lots of people who work in different ways that were describing themselves as sound artists. Um, and, but like for me, I mean, I'm very much coming out of music, right? Like I, like I said, when I conceive my things and I still think about it as music, um, but I realize that I just have a better chance of reaching an audience in situations where you're not necessarily exposed to it as music because the audience for the kinds of stuff that I do is music is pretty small. Um, Whereas like, if I'm, you know, trying to target someone who just happens to be walking past or, you know, Mm. in some gallery space, then like that, that's potentially a larger um, audience and people might be more receptive to that kind of um, experience in that, that space.
1: Tell me if I dreamed this or you actually had something like this. So there was a art exhibit of some sort. I don't know what it was people were given devices that provided like biofeedback or something like that. And then you had some way of capturing that and you were generating music from the people walking through the art gallery, experiencing art and you were generating music based on that experience.
3: Yeah. 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 That's correct. That's actually right. Yeah. um, That was something that I was involved in a few, (laughs) like, it was like 10 years ago, but yeah, it was a museum. (laughs) And um, the idea was people were walking around wearing sensors. And I did something similar just this past spring uh, where it was the same thing, people wearing sensors, but they were listening to a concert. They were sitting around listening to a concert. Um, and then that after the concert, um, they, you know, it was part of this bigger uh, research project. And so they had to like answer a bunch of questions about their experience at the concert. But um, like kind of while they were waiting Um, I was make like they could, you know, chill in this area and like listen to sounds that were created from their physiology during the concert.
0: So is that just like a big meat grinder of, I guess, everything reduced to signal levels and digits and and, and all that? And you're just kind of like throwing that through or you're like, hmm, when someone scratches their chin, what's the noise that I want to make happen? Um, How how, How do you map that out? (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah, I don't have access to that kind of resolution of information. You know, like I just know like heart rate goes up. It's like off. heart rate
2: or rate yeah, blood, blood pressure or, or, or whatever it
3: might um, be. I guess the most interesting one is respiration, actually, respiration. like people breathing. Hmm. That was actually super interesting because um, that device was pretty accurate. Like it was pretty good at capturing people's breath. And I mean, I think there's this real like certainly in um, in some like, you know, mystical traditions, there's this kind of connection between breath and your experience of of the world right like and like in yoga or whatever sure there was like focus on your breathing and just in general like i think there's a lot of situations where like you know your breathing definitely um reflects or can influence how you interact with like what's going on around you Mm -hmm. and i thought that was kind of super interesting so just like that was kind of one of my entry points and i was like well we have these different um modalities of data that are coming Mm -hmm. in like what can i what can i do with some of this stuff right and i guess the connection here is also part of my day job is um i like i do work as the data scientist and as a programmer who works with data as well so it's kind of also it kind of connects all of those things together So it's a lot of
1: storytelling
3: right Definitely. Right. some, Yeah, right. Exactly. Trying to figure out like, okay, we've got this data. How can we explain it or yeah. present it in a way that conveys something that's interesting. And it's not just yeah. like a bunch of just, you know, seemingly random stuff. Um, and part of that is like constructing a, like part of that is kind of in the data, but part of that is a bit more um, metaphorical and like trying to construct a narrative uh, that's based on, on what you have and the environment in which you're operating. And so that was, that was kind of a, a situation where it was very much like kind of trying to to grasp it, stuff. Yeah, that so, way.
0: so, but how do you even begin to plan for that? Right. Like, um, what's with, what, what is your outcome table look like when you're like right. going off of people's respirations? Like, how, how do you plan for it? You didn't know, right. you know, are people going to breathe heavy or they're going to breathe fat, breathe yeah. Fast yeah or, no, like, yeah. so like, how do you That's account to him? How do you account for the unknowns? Right.
2: Yeah. You That's just him. Kind of you got to
3: guess it's art. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I just kind of, I had some data, like, we did some tests, and so I knew um, vaguely what kind of scope that the, that the information was going to come in. But yeah, it's certainly true. Like, I don't know in the actual concert situation what's going to happen. Um, and in fact, you know, like, okay, some people it just didn't work or whatever. Like, some people, yeah. super this weird is very boring data, boring there's some like and interference. Like yeah. Right. But you probably exactly.
2: have I'm imagining... a coughing fit. You're basically
1: working with oscillators is what I'm thinking, and you can increase and decrease these oscillators based on the input, and that's changing different things like the rate of the delay or the feedback or whatever it is or whatever it might be, and you're just mixing that up in different ways and and, and generating something.
3: Exactly. So not yeah, to
1: minimalize it, i am not tried. Right? Like, no, no, yeah. no.
3: But that's definitely one way of approaching it. I mean, and and like just kind of seeing what. Definitely. I mean, whatever you do, there's some level of just like let's just see what happens, right? Mm. Because you just don't know. Like you can't control it. It's not like a composition. It's just like this process where stuff is happening, so, and you have some control.
0: So I've got two software developers going on record saying you just can't control some of the stuff is that, is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> that's right. you can't
1: control the software you can't right. control the system you don't know how they're gonna use it
3: <laughs> yeah and um and that's cool though right that's kind yeah. of part of the the yeah. that's i think part of the fun like of the whole thing if i wanted to do something where i had absolute control i'd be doing something else so, okay so
1: so i i think we have somewhat of a sense of shaker like as a musician he's you know he plays guitar as well and then as a, as a sound artist he he told we said hey shaker let's let's have you on the show i mean you've been talking to us since before we even started this and it was like oh yeah you guys should do that whatever and you said okay you guys talk about – so I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing – here not paraphrasing. I'm reading actually an email that Shaker <laughs> sent us, and he said, you know, you're, sometimes you're talking about getting a particular sound. You know, maybe it's like edge of breakup. Remember that episode? and uh, But let's flip that around where like sound is the piece, and I think a lot of Shaker's work probably revolves around that, like what we were just talking about because of sound. Sound has to be the piece in these like environments where you don't know what's going to happen. Like that is the piece. Um, So there's like a long line of musicians playing the guitar in a way that really emphasizes sound over harmony, melody, or rhythm. Shaker then sent us like four different pieces and I'll I'll let him frame some of that. And we're going to kind of talk about all four of them because I think Brian and I have questions about all four of them. Uh, or at least about three of them. One of them is like way out there in my head, but otherwise it's all <laughs> it's
2: I'm wondering which one fun.
1: that is. Uh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> like which one could that be? So, so like, why don't we get into that, set us up and then I'll play them. Let's start with the first one. You send us a link. It was, uh, the the artist's name is Sonny Sherrick and uh, it's a fun song. Can you set us up for that before I play like a snippet of that?
3: Right. Um, so Sonny Sherrock is like this, Free jazz guitarist, you know, uh, 60s comes very much from the jazz tradition, but is playing guitar around this time where like, you know, Coltrane's doing his like saxophone magic and all these other musicians like Ornette Coleman and stuff are doing things um, there. I mean, like kind of expanding uh, like what jazz music is. And he's a guitar player in that time period and kind of starts doing the same thing uh, with the guitar Um, has like an electric guitar at his disposal and starts, you know, like really kind of, uh, I guess, I mean, I guess that's probably like the most rudimentary way of explaining He's kind of trying to do the same things that Coltrane was doing on the saxophone in some ways um, and doing it on the guitar. Right. Where like, you know, especially like that later Coltrane stuff, like it's not, the, you know, he's he's a master musician. He's clearly thinking about harmony and has that. But like harmony isn't really the most like noticeable part of some of those later Coltrane pieces where he's just kind of like going on these crazy saxophone extrapolations. And um it's kind of the same thing with Sonny Schrock.
1: I don't know if i played enough of it okay <laughs> so i so that's for those that don't know that's like uh ghost writers theme song no, right it's a
3: space ghost coast yeah right yeah 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 yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. And, and and so here's here, here's my question about that. And I was going to line up. I had I had like three other things lined up to play after that to talk about this. Okay. So here's my question. So the very earliest electric guitar, when we're talking about Leo Fender's inventing the guitar, he's inventing amps, and Les Paul's doing things, and these other folks. They're just trying to get louder. Those are the – they want to be able to play in bigger places. There are these big bands. How do we make the guitar louder? We're playing that. Very soon – After that, people like Les Paul started to experiment with the guitar and play things. I'm going to play a couple of – I'm going to play one of his things now. So I'm going to play a Les Paul experiment here, okay? Experimental piece. (laughs) Which makes me think – of uh like jean jacques perry who's like a synth player i'm gonna play some of his well, a little piece of his thing when, clearly when is that
2: from? that's from like 1964
1: Maybe. Yeah. He was one of the, he had one of those weird early synthesizers. He started buying those synthesizers and he played at Moogfest like live. He did these songs with other musicians live and it was amazing. Uh, So Les Paul is sort of the creator of the home studio, really. He was recording that at his house and doing these weird things where he'd play up the octave and the speed and whatever and do all that stuff. Okay. And then, and then I'm getting to the point about this first piece. Okay. So then now you have like just guitarists every day, electric guitarists. And I've been listening to Madison Cunningham a lot. So I'm just going to play a snippet of her stuff. going to stop there because the point I want to get at is like unique tone like electric guitarists now it's like ubiquitous of like you want to have your tone and so you have effects and you're able to have a thing that isn't just about being louder it's about like being different and and having a song so is that different from what you what you were suggesting with Chirac or
3: it's a difference in um like degree more than a difference in kind. (laughs) Right. In that, um, like, yeah, exactly. I think that's kind of, for me also, like a part of the Genesis of that whole thing. Like, you know, when you're reading all those like guitar player magazine or whatever magazine, (laughs) like, like always people are talking about their, like their tone and some people are super secretive. They won't tell you what their amp is or they won't tell you what pedals they use. Cause like, it's my tone. It's like part of my identity. Um but like they in those cases they're that that sound is in service of um like you know it's like just like a pop song, right? Or some kind of like yeah. Yeah. conventional structural yeah. piece of music.
1: Even Les Paul, right? He took like right. super popular songs and just made them sound different.
3: Right, right. And then I mean um and Sonny sharaka might is, is someone where like in that piece it's still you know, has recognizable, like, rhythm, like, rhythmic Mm -hmm. meter. You can kind of – it's got a melody that you can sing. But as you – and it was for, like, this TV show. It was this kind of, like, jingle or whatever you call it for a TV show. But, like, when, you know, when he starts going off, it just ends up going into this, like, world of sound, right, where you just don't – there's – you don't hear – like what that chord is anymore it just like kind of just sounds like yeah wh- you're not, ta- you're not talking
1: about modes you're not talking about one four five
3: no two exactly or yeah. Yeah.
1: i, I yeah. think i did it a disservice because i don't think i heard enough of it and we didn't play the parts yeah. where he's really going on we'll, it was yeah, a very we'll, discernible we'll
0: the, yeah. These, especially the other ones we get to talking about, yes, visually make a lot more sense. So we'll definitely put the uh, right. the links in as well. And
3: and so yeah, I mean, and I guess to, to to return to your question, I mean, for me, it's really about that. Like, yeah, I mean, exactly. It's kind of taking this obsession that almost every guitar player has. I mean, even you know, like like West Montgomery, he's got a unique sound. He's not. It's not because of his distortion pedal. Right. He plays right. pretty cleanly. It's because of the way he plays the instrument, instrument. right. And, um, stuff like that. So it's clearly like a concern of just about everyone who plays, plays the guitar. And I think that's a little bit different compared to like a violinist or a piano player, even more so, right. Like it might be a little bit painting with too broad of a brush. I mean, there's probably areas in which that, there's certainly like kind of domains in which that's, that's, um, uh, more important, but like, if we're just talking about like a hobbyist piano player, like a hobbyist piano player isn't gonna be, you know, like, oh, this is my sound, right? They're just playing the <laughs> piano <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whereas, or or a violinist, right? The, Whereas the like sound
0: the sound has been defined for a number yeah. of centuries now. Yeah. You know what that's it's supposed sound. to sound like. Yeah.
3: Exactly. And yeah. um and and but like, you know, any amateur guitar player is worried about like what they sound like, right? And they kind yeah. of you know focus on that and try to figure out ways to um, make that that a bit unique. And what's happening here, like as we progress through these examples, we're just going to go like further and further into people where like um, everything else goes to the wayside, right? And it just becomes yeah. more and more a focus on that sound as we progress along.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. that one, that first clip, you could have convinced me that that was Primus or something like that. Right, oh. right. Right. right, right you know, like yeah. that could be a thing, but it,
1: <laughs> hold on. Cause it gets, it gets. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it made me here. think of like Satriani focused on melody and harmony and rhythm. So even though it doesn't sound like a guitar, it's still got those kind of elements. And Nels Klein. I feel like Nels Klein starts to kind of go... I mean, Nels
3: Klein definitely comes from that Like He knows Sonny Chirac super well, right? Like, that's his... Like, tradition. He comes from... um, He's like a jazz guitar player, like, originally.
1: Yeah, it's weird, right? Nels Klein, for those that don't know, is, like, in a band called Wilco, which
3: plays... But yeah, I didn't know. I mean, I knew his stuff before. Like, I was super into him, like, before Wilco. I, and I've never heard him play with huh. Wilco. I don't know what he right. sounds like in that environment.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Me, I've never seen him play anything else either. The I've only seen thing him I know, a couple of times. The only thing I know yeah. about
0: Wilco is anytime we get, like, a good four-word phrase, we just say, oh, that that must be the next Wilco album, right?
3: <laughs> what do you mean, Yankee Foxtrot Echo? That's three <laughs> words. <laughs> yeah, okay.
2: Sometimes.
1: Yeah. Do you want to say anything about, so the next piece is from Raphael. Uh, Torral. To okay.
3: Yeah, he's a uh, Portuguese yeah. Rafael Torral. Yeah.
1: Oh, Rafael Torral. Okay, got it. Now I can say it in Portuguese instead of trying <laughs> to <laughs> pretend I know Spanish. Okay, I'm gonna hit play. Meant to warn everyone: Don't adjust your headphones. This is what we're here. I don't mean that in a rude way or anything. It just it might be challenging for some folks. So,
3: I mean, but like I feel that that uh, piece is pretty accessible in that it's still like it sounds pleasant, right? It's not just like this wall of noise kind of thing. It's very, you know, it has, uh, um, it has some like harmonic structure that is.
2: Nope. You sorry. So? I
3: mean, it's not like you don't hear like the the dominant resolving the tonic or whatever. That's <laughs> not what that's about. But like you still hear that it's. Um,
1: oh, my God. It, sorry, guys. I keep hitting a button here.
2: All
1: right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's all part of the experience. No, it's it's definitely still accessible. Like it sounds to right. me it reminds me of um uh, what are they call The Dinner is Ruined who played with uh, Gord Downey. and it sounds like the intro kind of like a build up to like and then the regular song is going to going to start, right? Like here's the here's the intro ambiance to something maybe a little bit more traditional.
3: Right. So yeah, I think it, along this progression that we're going through we're slowly kind of like jettisoning different parts of um like you know what most people think of as music right where we start like leaving behind but there there's no like i mean i guess there, there are probably i haven't looked at it really closely i'm sure there is some kind of metrical structure like it sounds it's sound, not it doesn't sound like really off kilter or anything like that it sounds kind of like mm-hmm. the straightforward rhythm that underlies it but it's not really prominent it's not like you're gonna like tap your foot to it right, right. whereas like Sunny chirac that's got a beat, you know. You're yeah. definitely like able to groove to that. With uh, with 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 the throughout piece, it's just kind of like, yeah, this this sounds kind of happening and like coming in and out. Um, but it's much more ambient, um, uh, of an effect. Yeah, but next- yeah, when I listen to that, like, what do you think about? that? What do you, what do you, what's your reaction to that? Was well, like a guitar player? Do you hear the guitar
2: there?
0: I wouldn't necessarily pin it on guitar. Uh, I could say that could maybe be an organ or a synth or something else has got some resonant to it resonance to it but i guess it wouldn't surprise me if somebody said yeah that was a guitar i'd be like yeah okay i've seen jimmy page with a bow right you know i can uh, <laughs> i can appreciate that so yeah
3: yeah i
1: i can appreciate that that's i would love to see that live also
2: so
3: yeah there's yeah. if you uh search him on youtube there's some pretty cool videos of him playing like performing live where you see like how he how he does this oh, stuff cool. it's pretty wild but i mean when i first heard that i thought like too it sounded like Somebody, you know, like, like, you know, strumming, like, hitting a chord on a guitar, and then just feeding it into some like crazy yeah. analog feedback system where yeah. it just it has to like, be, right? Yeah,
1: a guitar like, does it's, it's, not have a lot of sustain. Like a guitar on its own, brum, and like it's kind of done, right? It, right, uh, up, up, and down, and it's out, and that is the opposite. Of that. There's like no attack, and there's like right. just. The sound is changing through this long, long sustained sound. So what the heck? Like how is that possible? So yeah. Having
0: all the time in the world doesn't mean that you're productive, and having money in your bank account doesn't mean that you know what the future brings for you financially. But as they say, it gets really easy if you know the rules, and that's where OnTrajectory comes in. On trajectory is an easy to use, high fidelity financial planning tool that maps your income, investments, and expenses in a friendly graphical display. On Trajectory captures dozens of data points so that you understand how your decisions affect your finances now, two months from now, or years from now when your kid starts applying to college. Built by finance nerds, OT is for anyone who wants to gain a clear picture of their financial future. It takes your guesses and turns them into educated, fact-filled, and data-driven scenarios so that you're prepared for life's bumps and detours. On Trajectory will walk you through the real-life questions to build your financial plan. With its helpful onboarding, you'll be up and running and ready to model anything taxes, equity, income, debt, you name it. Getting financial peace of mind requires a plan you can trust, and On Trajectory gets you to that plan, or plans as the case may be. On Trajectory gives you complete control and flexibility and supports all the complexity of your real life. So find out where your money is taking you now. Go to www.grade43.com OT and sign up for free today. That's www.grade43.com slash OT. Thank you to On Trajectory for being a sponsor of Grade 43. The next one I love. I, I, I have to I have to piss on the next one and, and intro at this Keith Rowe one, right? This one you have to see. So if you're listening right now, go to the yeah. show notes. You'll be able to click the link. Go, go take a look at this because this will blow your mind. I thought Shaker mistakenly sent a link to like a middle school shop class <laughs> or something oh. like that. And uh yeah so the the things the the approach I guarantee you there is you've never seen anyone approach a guitar the way this guy approaches a guitar. I,
1: yesterday I was like okay I got to listen to Shaker's notes. I told Brian, "Hey, I got to go water the garden and I'm going to listen to these to these pieces." And he's like you might not be able to distinguish the sa- the difference in sound between watering the garden and listening to this piece. And I'm like, oh, okay, this sounds like fun. All right, and it was fun. It was very interesting. I would love to see him live. Um, sorry, we're like muddying the. Let's let's hit play on this. Let's see what we got here. All right. <laughs> Everybody, look! she got a mermaid oh,
2: very outfit. All right, it's a costume.
1: Has a crown, crown, and a mermaid legs, right? Mermaid. Mermaids tail. don't have legs. Yeah. Okay. Good. Can you go with? Can you go with mommy? Daddy's almost done. Can you say hi to everybody? Can you say bye? Bye. bye. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you go with mine? What now? she's
0: not telling you is that that's your Halloween costume. <laughs> You're going as a mermaid this year.
1: <laughs> Sorry.
3: That, right. We should probably no leave that in. Okay. All right. Yeah, we yeah, should totally leave great. that in. <laughs> um, right. So Keith Rowe, um, he, he also comes from jazz. Uh, like, interestingly enough, like earlier in his career, he just kind of played like, you know, jazz standards and stuff. But um, he's part of this group called AMM. It's like '60s, you know, definitely kind of uh, like this countercultural moment where people are like radically rethinking um, a lot of things, <laughs> and influenced
1: uh, by by special things, <laughs> like <laughs> influenced by mushrooms or
2: <laughs> LSD. Yeah,
3: I don't know. I mean, I don't yeah. know what yeah. like their relationship is with like psychedelic stuff. Um, uh but it certainly is a group um like it's, a, it's it's kind of this this kind of group with like a core of three or four musicians like Akithro on guitar um Eddie Revo on drums and John Tilbury on piano um and they started just like they were radical about like improvisation they were really like dedicated to improvise, improvising just like nothing written down or prepared beforehand um I, I somehow like I had a couple of opportunities to see them and I never like somehow things always kind of collided with it and it wasn't possible which I really regret they just kind of disbanded a few uh weeks ago actually they had hmm. been playing like more or less continuously since the 60s um and they did their last concert like a, a few weeks ago in London um and but like they they're known for like these really atmospheric performances where they like you know like turn off all the lights and have like candles and like they, they kind of like, you know, try to build this, like make this experience with like this music that they're improvising live.
1: So that's like Um, taking bitches brew by Miles Davis and like to the extreme. Right.
3: Yeah. I mean, in some ways, I guess so. Right. Um, Like uh, I think definitely connections there, like somewhat same time for sure um probably like some of the same influences like bitches brew i know miles davis influenced by Stockhausen and amm was also kind of you know thinking about that sort of stuff when they're doing this um and yeah they they just wanted to like radically uh, keith Rowe especially wanted to like just rethink like all right here's this guitar like how can i play the guitar or take advantage of this instrument in a way but not play it like in a traditional way right. so He sets it on a tabletop. He plays it, like, transversely, like like a dobro or something, like not like a guitar. He puts it down and just, like, attacks it with, like, all sorts of implements and, like, does stuff to, like, excite the pickups or, like, get them to pick up sound, but that's not from...
2: Yeah. Vibrating strings. I heard
3: just those like lobos stuff.
1: somewhere in there.
3: Yeah, he's not like... a dude
0: you're going to walk in and go, what key is this in? Yeah. right. No, there's
1: like yeah. La Bamba <laughs> really playing that in the blurred. background. <laughs> it was wild. Is
3: that Lydian? No, that's right. So
1: <laughs> so let me ask you this, like about jazz also. So, because uh, you said he's a jazz person. Um, I took a modern art class, like his- history of modern art, if you will. And so obviously it was like around Picasso a lot. And, you know, Picasso went through so many different, eras and if you if you look at his later art you can very and then you study where that comes from you can understand it like a lot it's all about context 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 it's like oh this is like maori art from new zealand or this is like whatever it might be or african art of some sort and and so um, so, there's a lot of that. There's history in that. And then in modern art, there's just like a lot of context. Like, I am making a statement because in 1930, this happened. And now I want to let you know that, like, I am adamantly against this or whatever it is. Yeah, so, you can't th- come you, in cold, right? You can't come in cold. It's not about hearing that in its moment. I mean, it could be too, whatever. You, you teach his own. But, like, if you can. If you have the libretto, like you do for an opera or whatever, you know, like it gives you that context. So would you say that his music, given that piece that we just heard, if you're given the context, you just go, "Ah, oh, there it is. Otherwise, it's like, oh, those are the machines running. That's like my HVAC running outside.
3: Right. I don't know. You know what? Music is a bit different, I think. I mean, <clears throat> I agree with all of that, what you said. I think it's all true. But the last point, like, whether the context can illuminate it, um, I mean, just, like, from my experience, people have really, um, like, visceral reactions to music in a way that you rarely have to, like, a visual work. Like, you rarely, like, there's definitely sound, like, you'll hear the sound and think, like, oh, my God, that is just the most God-awful thing (laughs) I've ever heard. I cannot stay in this place for another moment, right? Whereas like, it's pretty rare that you see like this visual where you're like, uh, like, you know, you're like, yeah I'll just, i just look away. I, I mean, if for no other reason, then you can turn your eyes or close your eyes. Oh, yeah. awesome. Oh. <laughs> you're ready to go for Halloween, aren't you? Can not you hear us?
1: Red? No, she can't hear us. Oh, okay. They love your <laughs> costume, Juliana. You can't was... hear them, but they love it. <laughs> because they think it's beautiful. You look like a mermaid. Yeah. You're yeah. the I'm queen jealous. mermaid. Yeah. yeah. Brian wants to be the Princess Mermaid too. This is Mr. Brian right here.
0: Now I'm going to have to be something else.
1: Yeah. No, but you're the Princess Mermaid. So he has to be like your assistant. Yeah. I'll
0: be the I'll be that smart ass lobster or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. He's going to be the
1: lobster that helps you.
3: <laughs> Same Calypso. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: It's tricky to walk," she says. "She says you might not oh, want to be imagine. this
3: because it's pretty really tricky walk. to walk yeah. in this yeah. costume,"
1: is what yeah. we're learning.
0: Tom Hanks and Daryl Hannah taught us that.
1: That's how, you walk. That's how you walk. I see. See, I'm getting to enjoy all the things you all enjoyed about ten years ago. So <laughs> I get a lot of advice. on that. It's beautiful. I love the shimmery blue and the purple and the and the sparkles.
3: Okay, and uh, we're back. Um, right yeah yeah i mean so like you're saying about the
1: the visceral of the audio versus
3: i mean just like you know i think there's some for some to some extent yeah it's true like knowing about the background and like what they were like what motivated him to do that like i think they were you know pretty radical politics and they were really like um trying to you know think about like well let's you know we want to create like we're we're kind of very frustrated with what's happening in society let's Imagine this world in which things are really different, and um, like part of that was just you know yeah let's discard all of these musical traditions and try to come up with a new one um, that that reflects like our you know political convictions. Uh, but at the same time, like does that I don't know. Like I I mean to some extent it's kind of interesting to to know about that, but like I I feel with music much more than with visual art just. Like, you got to kind of hear it and get into it. But I think, Mm and you got to kind of want it, right? Like, I remember, you know, Bitches Brew. I remember the first time I heard that, I was in high school. Like, somebody gave it to me. Somebody's like, I I got this thing. I just can't deal with it. But I know you're kind of into weird music. Like, you might (laughs) like it. Like, here, take this tape. I'm like, okay. It's on cassette tape. And I remember listening to it. And like, God, there's definitely things that I could dig. Like, Miles Runs the Voodoo Down. That's pretty grooving, right? It's got like this, it's got this It's got a beat and stuff, but there's some pieces that I was just like, "What is go? What the hell is going on here? I just don't get it." But for me, that wasn't a reason to like drop. Like that was kind of like an itch. That was kind of a like I was like, "I gotta figure this out." Like why? Right, right, right. Like why is this
1: persisted? Yeah. Why is this like relevant? And people say that this is like a masterpiece.
3: Right. Exactly. But for some people, and I think it's also totally valid, just be like, God, I can't deal with this. Yeah, like, I don't want to listen to this. I don't like, have yeah, time it's for fun. that. But yeah. for I wonder me, the same
0: thing about uh, Radiohead. Right.
3: <laughs> 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 but, you know, like, I mean, and to bring, you know, AMM back in the scene, like, you know, somebody like Sonic Youth, uh, Thurston Moore, is like yeah. those guys are super into this kind of music. They know that. They know this stuff pretty well, right? And like, yeah. Thurston Moore does a lot of the same things that Keith Rowe does. Yep. Yeah. Like, he'll, like, put, like, a screwdriver in between his strings and, like, start, like, banging it and, like, you know, do things like that Keith Rowe would do as well. Um, but he's doing it in, like, you know, a different musical context. Is and, that where Eddie
1: got the idea for the screwdriver, too, and the song Foreign, Law- ben- Foreign <laughs> Knowledge? That I kind for of pound cake. <laughs> yeah, no. pound cake. Yeah, the album. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And I doubt the M&Ms come from from and <laughs> I think that's...
0: Yeah. Well, the good news is they they're they're done playing music. But the next time you're in a Home Depot, you just have to go to the tile cutting section <laughs> and you can just experience it.
1: <laughs> should we move on to our fourth piece? Yes, let's okay. do it. I know because we're just going on. Set us up for this fourth piece now, Shaker. Do you want to describe it before we hit play, or should we just play it first? Yeah, just play describe? it. Just play it. Let's just play it. Here we go. Ah oh, darn! I, I I trimmed it, and I meant to capture some of the horn player coming in and harmonizing with her, which uh, right, to me uh, was like actually super awesome. Like I really enjoyed that piece a lot. That resonates. The the three of them resonate much more for me than Keith. Rowe. Keith Rowe. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, and that one's just an awesome. Like <clears throat> all of these, especially the last two, are good to see like visually and experience visually. I yeah, think. and especially yeah. that last one, we were just like watching the. That you uh, won't spoiler alert
1: we won't blow it but just okay check, so check we out won't even legs. describe yeah. what that person is doing but <laughs> but but, but we shakers yeah we should talk about it right who that
3: is right that's ellen Fulman, who um actually she has a visual arts background um and kind of started this thing which is also kind of an experience that's called the long string instrument um which is literally just like very like, I think it's like 30 feet long strings or something like that. I can't remember exactly how long, just like stretched out across the space that just like vibrate. Right. She has something happening that's causing them to vibrate. And she is kind of like, like, if you don't do anything, they just, I think just like, you know, are in this kind of sympathetic vibration and then she'll like walk around and like put her fingers on different places and cause certain harmonics to be emphasized. Um, And then like like, glass with
1: water in a sense. Like you know how you can like oh, yeah, you oh. a little you get the notes from from just yeah 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 right
3: like yeah exactly I mean I mean I guess a string is that too right mm-hmm. it's just like this vibrating and
0: this podcast is nothing if not string it's forward. all about strings <laughs> <laughs> that's right maybe can we is she still alive can we have her on to talk about the oh my god stop <laughs> the it.
1: gauge of string sorry <laughs> so to be clear it's thirty feet long strands of strings. That are vibrating. And then she is changing the pitch and other, uh, like the the frequent, well, that is the pitch, volume with her hands.
3: Right, yeah. She covers her hands in like rosin and then, you know, is able to, I think that's actually how they vibrate. Like when she draws them along, like her fingers along the strings, because of the the stickiness of the rosin, it starts like vibrating the string. And then um, like by placing her fingers in certain places or like she can get, you know, certain uh, harmonics to be emphasized. It's so it's just yeah. like a guitar. It's just like the guitar at its purest, right? Without a fretboard. It's just like <laughs> strings. Yeah. I, that I found vibrate. that one
0: um, also a little bit theremin-like, right? Without right. the kind of
1: I don't know, the goofiness of a theremin, <laughs> right? I think the goofiness of the theremin comes from what it's been associated with over yeah, the, definitely. Yes, ever yes, since sure. the 60s I, I, or whatever. I've seen Mad Men, so I don't need to. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, right. Isn't there
3: the dude I mean, plays I mean, the
2: theremin? Right. <laughs> but every yeah. sci-fi
1: show ever, historically, that's been on TV, has had a theremin used. So it's right. kind of made it into this
3: weirdness. <laughs> but, I mean, the original use of the theremin was to play, like, Rachmaninoff pieces and stuff. I don't know if you ever heard oh, really know. Like, wow. Yeah, there's recordings of uh, Clara Rockmore, is her name in the 30s, yeah. like playing like these virtuoso violin pieces on the theremin. There's
1: <laughs> wow. one or two people in the world who can actually play it as like an amazing instrument. Right. <laughs> um, everyone else just goes, Woo!
3: yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Whoop>. <laughs> so uh, we found one more piece here i don't know what this was let's see That was actually me this morning so
3: (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah that's right
1: what i did is i made two different patches that were dramatically different from one another and i used an expression pedal to toggle between the two while i played some but more just like yeah it's amazing what you can do nowadays with this gear it's nuts
2: oh
0: yeah yeah so it's it's so accessible you don't have to set up 30 strings across. Uh, well, that's a space. different, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking <laughs> but about that's a, di- that's a different
1: experience. Th- that's a whole different thing. Yeah, the yeah.
0: thing is I was thinking about these pieces and I was like, huh, what about these pieces? And I want to get into some of your stuff shake um, to here in a second yes. is people talk about the musical properties of rhythm and harmony and melody and timbre. But I think there's this other thing, which you probably couldn't even come up with a standard for that is texture, Right. That's, that, that's like the word that I would use right. to describe the, the difference yeah. factor in this. It's like, yep, it's not, they're the same notes, they might be the same instruments, they might even follow some of like the same patterns and stuff, but it's an entirely different texture, right? Or am I getting into like, this wine has an oaky taste territory? No. You're no, not, I'd be, right?
3: yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's the common terminology that people use, like would describe this music as textural too, right? Mm-hmm. Like where that that's kind of, I guess, um, maybe a slightly more articulate way of saying what, um, like I was talking about earlier that it's just, it's about the sound. It's about the, right. like, I guess the, the texture is what you're trying to emphasize. That's your primary, like, that's structural it, element. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and in
1: in, in orchestral pieces, I've seen – because we're getting beyond the sounds that are generated um, through things that we're used to notating of like rhythm, harmony, melody, and all that. So I have seen orchestral pieces where it's like clarinetists, now stick your hand into the clarinet or like put this fabric into here during this part and things like that. And it's kind of like getting into that realm of – of like just uh, approaching the, like clank your instrument against the table or against the, right. the, the chart right, 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 right. or something
2: yeah. like it's, that. It's right? clearly
1: beyond pizzicato, right?
0: So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's
1: not just pizzicato. <laughs> that's right.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. Um, I think that, uh, that, that, that also has like a similar motivation. There's like all of this stuff happening in contemporary um, like instrumental music, like, you know, I guess that comes from like the European classical tradition uh, where people start using extended techniques and um, start trying to change the sound of the instrument by having performers manipulate them, modify them in some way. Um, yeah. There's also like prepared piano where you like just put stuff in between the strings of right, the piano, right. which makes it sound like really different. And things yeah, like that's
1: that. funny. The other day on YouTube, I saw some guy put replaced the, the, the hammers on the piano with actual hammers. and he tries to get people to come play and they're like this is very heavy
2: i don't understand what's (laughs)
1: happening on this piano it's pretty funny um but i think that's like goes back to our conversations about music theory too that like music theory is really a way to like describe history of music and so it captures the bulk of things that have happened over time i would say so like we're just we don't have enough of this music for there to be a des, maybe a desire or a need to have like a common way to notate it or or or, or describe yeah. it necessarily
2: right
3: i mean i don't know like but like just take, i mean even the guitar right there's no like that nirvana that sound isn't just the chords that they play you yeah, know yeah, and, yeah, and like no. but if you go to like the bookstore and get like by you know Nevermind transcribed or whatever and you look through it like you just play it, it's yeah. not, it's it's not super be annoying, right? right? It just, doesn't yeah. have anything
1: about the tone. That's <laughs> what I'm all it's like. How do I make it sound like that? Like right. that, that, that Madison Cunningham tone. I'm like, I don't even know where she's starting with this, you know. And I know for a fact because I saw her interviewed, so then I learned it's like, oh yeah, I detune the heck out of the guitar and do all these other things to it, and it's just like oh, wow. Yeah. Like, how do you, (laughs) there's no notation for this really.
3: (laughs) Yeah. And it's, I mean, in some way, like the fact that there isn't, I mean, I guess in probably some academic circles, there are, there are people who try to like build a theory around how to, to like talk about and describe this kind of music. But I really like, I mean, this kind of riff that you guys have been going on um, the last few episodes about how, like, you know, theory is in the service of making music, right? It's not like, there's no real point in just sitting down and saying like, I'm going right. to play, you know, one, four, five, right. I'm going to write like...
0: the most Locrian music you've yeah. ever heard. right?
3: <laughs> I mean, it, the whole point is like, yeah. you're trying to do something interesting and you want to understand, like, how can I do that? Or like, Oh, I heard this, I heard this thing happening um, in, in this piece that I really liked. And like, how, how, like, what, why did yeah. it work that way? It was like an augmented chord or something that like made yeah. it sound that way, you know, yeah. but it's not like, I'm going to write this piece in augmented chords. Like, yeah. you know, why, why would hey,
1: you do and that? And I mean, understanding that theory is fascinating in its own accord, right? It's kind of like, yeah. holy moly, people have figured out a way to describe into words a thing that's happening in this music that can be used to describe Radiohead, which is Brian's favorite band, and <laughs> and like John Williams. Uh, uh, Force theme in Star Wars And it's the same thing It's like Mm -hmm. they're both transitioning To this other mode and this happens And it creates this feeling and you're like There are words people somehow figured out words that describe that and these people did this and neither of them probably were going you know we're gonna go now from aeolian to lydian when we do this and it's gonna do you don't get caught uh, eating the menu here's
0: an interesting aspect of this and i guess there must be but i'd love to ask like keith rowe right for example is that they're like he's got like a fan or something that he's like hitting the strings with while he does some other stuff so I think we've all had that moment or I presume we've all had that moment when we're playing something and we're like, we hit the note, right? We get into that physical thing. We make that Corey congelio face and we're like, mm. and you know, like there's just like this unity of physicalness um, with that's married up with all the traditional music stuff and like the accessible music stuff like does that exist in, when you're approaching it in, in the same kind of way? Does Keith Rowe ever feel like, oh, man, I, I chainsawed the hell out of that guitar. And it was
3: awesome, right? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I, I would say, you know, like, just as someone who makes electronic music and can compare that to playing the guitar, there's definitely a, um, like, a unique pleasure of like doing this thing with your hands that you yeah. don't have when you like just you know I mostly yeah. my electronic music Someone who plays like a Moog or something would have a different was right. like I experience right. that too because they're doing stuff with their hands but like I generally like think of something and then I program it to like right. make right. that sound yep. and so yeah and that's like really very different <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> yeah. whereas Keith Rowe is doing stuff like I'm sure he's kind of in that zone you know where yeah. he's kind of like you know, like doing all the stuff, like you know, the, the, the screwdriver like the nail files in exactly the right place and yeah. it just like shoves it in perfectly. Nailed right. it
0: tonight. The concerts over, he's throwing nail files out I nailed the audience, it last right? night.
1: Man, I really killed it. Like I got it right on the thing. Yeah. With all of this now we obviously need to hear some of your music. But That's before right. we do that, one quick question. You know, there's always conversations around like the the uh visceral side of being able to like on a mo you just mentioned a mo so like you can press some buttons and move something so that it gets that sound versus like my friend who makes uh electronic music uh he uses like ableton live and he's just using his mouse to like choose the notes he's not using a, a piano keyboard to play his he just kind of knows how to to look at the MIDI pad and figure out the notes he wants to play and change the dynamics and do whatever. And you mentioned like, Oh yeah. And then I can program it. So like, are you doing this purely on a computer with a keyboard or do you have some sort of interface you use to create your music that lets the interface itself in a way become an instrument
3: too? Um, I mean, I've done both. I've definitely done stuff in the past where I like made an interface that um, would control like some patch and stuff that I, that I put together uh, but recently, yeah, I I haven't I haven't done that much of that. Um, wow. Kind of thing. Yeah, that's but-
1: amazing. <laughs> I just I I I admire that ability to abstract all of those things into something where you're typing numbers and letters. And, and <laughs> yeah, where you, you just know what to, you know what to call up. You've got those You know what you're. It's that, yeah, yeah. It's like right. being able to notate yeah. music. Like oh, here's a well, melody, and you just write it on your sheet music and that's the melody that you heard in your head and you're doing that in code. Right.
3: I mean but it's also just kind of a uh, just like practice, right? And just kind of like, you know, it's yeah, kind yeah, of the yeah. way you learn you can, anything.
1: You can talk down that this insane yeah. ability to do this as much <laughs> as you want. It still blows my mind. Sure it's practice. Just 30 35 years of practice. I get that's it. Right. Uh, right. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, but yeah, it's so like you know, you just kind of Just like, I mean, some of it is, it's just, there is also like a woodshed that you have to do, you know, to like, where you're just like, okay, what is the, what's going to like, what does this filter sound like? Or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, what, if I, you know, have um, like noise filtered by this filter, what's it going to sound like? And just be able to have some uh, like overview of, of those tools that you have at your disposal so that you kind of know. Um, like vaguely, what the result is going to be, yeah. Like when when you do it, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's like hearing, like, I know what a fifth sounds like in my mind, or yeah, whatever. Yeah,
3: exactly. Of course, right. But it's like, the same thing. Yeah, I totally. Think it's the same way thing. More, right.
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs> By the way, it's yeah. Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. That's a fifth. But yeah. Anyway. Star Wars. Star Wars too. Twinkle Twinkle. Yeah. Dun, dun. All right. So. <laughs> All right. So what yeah. of yours? What What of yours should we queue up? Here do I today? Do I just pick whichever one I want? I
3: mean, we'll why talk? don't you start with um with the shorter piece, which.
2: It reminded like, me of Raphael's piece.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, very right. Much. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. Definitely an influence on uh, the kinds of music I make for sure.
0: Is there um, like a modularity to the pieces? Like when I sit down to write stuff, I still can't not think in terms of an album, right? You know, like, I want to write the song, I want to write an awesome song from physical graffiti, right? That's like the experience that's mapped. So when you do a piece, is it just a singularity? Um, Is, and I imagine maybe it morphs into like, I've got a trilogy of pieces that I want to knit together. But like, what is what does that format look like? As far as just like, is it a five minute piece? Is it a 20 minute piece? (laughs) Is it seven of them together that you're calling one thing? Or is it just a discrete idea? Or does it just depend on what happens?
3: I mean, I guess all of the above is the answer. There's yeah. definitely things where it's just like, I'm just, I'm just, gonna, I'm just want, I'm interested in exploring this idea. Let me just do this thing. Yeah. The other uh, example that I sent you is, is, is one of those where it's just like, I, I just kind of built up these sounds that I was really liking. And that was the case where I was doing stuff like actually perform that. So that's actually that, that other th- thing that I sent you that one starts to see um, is a, <laughs> that's like a performance of me like, oh, you know. Cool. Like playing that live, where I had all these sounds available, and i and I just kind of like you know uh, in a live performance made that whole thing happen. I mean, I knew vaguely what the overall structure was going to be, but um it was all happening in real time and, and is with this
1: prana prana was that purely right. electronic or was that's there...
3: purely all of this stuff's purely electronic, yeah, it's all purely electronic, but I definitely take inspiration and try to replicate some of the same um things that are happening in acoustic instruments. So like if we, you know, we're going to go on a little um, (laughs) tangent about instruments, right? Like most instruments, (laughs) like, in fact, I mean, every instrument that I can think of off the top of my head, a guitar certainly works this way where it's some sound that causes an an excitation uh, that then excites like some kind of resonant filtering process. Right. So in the Mm -hmm. guitar pluck this, you like, right. you know, the with the platform or your finger. Yeah. yeah but the, the thing that excites the string is that you like pull it. Right. right. Like that's the excitation. You like, you stack it. That's the with, action. Yep. That's the, yeah, that's the thing that excites it. And then the string itself starts vibrating as a result of that thing happening. And then it, it's a bit more complex. It's coupled to the body of the, the guitar. And right. then also the, like, it's an acoustic It has like a resonant um like chamber in there but like you know a clarinet's the same right like there the excitation is like somebody blowing into the reed and like that reed hitting the 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 mouthpiece of the of the mm-hmm. of the clarinet mm-hmm. and then that like sound that like slapping sound is what gets um excited you know like shaped into that more pleasant sound by like the body of the clarinet right. the um and balance so balance. and I, I like i work with those kinds of processes a lot too where i try to think like okay i want to I want to excite some like <laughs> resonant process with something like it's typically something that's pretty broadband. Um, so like noise or yeah. like an impulse train or something like that. Um, and then that kind of gets the sound started. Hmm. Um, and that lends it like a bit more of a natural quality, like a mm-hmm. sine wave sounds pretty unnatural. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. they do have, like if you, cause feedback that will eventually kind of converge to a sine wave, right. but it's still a, like, you know, a bit of a, uh, like Artificial. not the normal way of making. Music. Right.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. so I saw there's a, I'm going to bring this back to my brain thinking about guitar stuff. So there's a, there's this amp emulator that came out, um, hotone, I think it's called or something like that, or hot tone. I don't know. Um, Link in the bio and apologies for not knowing how to pronounce it. But what they tried to do was take all the components of an amp. And, and what they do is instead of being like, this is going to sound like a Marshall at the end of the day, what they did is they tried to emulate all the components that go into building a Marshall amp so that it comes out sounding like a Marshall amp. If that makes any sense, like yeah, they're not totally just sense. taking That's the beginning pretty... and the end. It's just like yeah. the bits inside so that it comes out sounding like that amplifier.
3: Right, right, right. No, I mean that is also very much kind of like the way I think about things. I think about like, like, okay, there's this, you know, how I break this instrument down into its component parts, and then try to like emulate bits of that in the the plan to get a particular sound out, as opposed to just yeah. trying to get like I focus can't. on that sound. Well, it's yeah, an approach. It's not it's an I mean, approach. it's just a different approach. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, and for me too, because like I'm, my end goal is generally like, like I don't want to. My goal isn't to sound like something. Like, right. isn't to necessarily like recreate <laughs> right. that sound. You're not but making it's a clarinet like,
1: synthesizer, right?
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and um, and or or even more specifically, I don't want to like you know, like my goal isn't to sound like West Montgomery or whatever. Like, I right. just want to you know take stuff that he's doing and try to figure out how to like like use that in ways that are more appropriate to what I want to do. And so part of that is trying to understand what those components are and pick from that and like use things that are applicable to what what you're trying to do. And
0: it's interesting approach too, because um, I think it lends itself to picking out or at least is the way I was just imagining that there is like, it's picking out like one really cool thing. I was listening to the song I wrote a couple of years ago and I went through and I just kind of, I'm like, is this worth keeping? And there was this one little lead part where I was really pleased with like three and a half seconds of it. And it was repeating. I'm like that, like that, yeah, like that's the best thing I did in the song. So this is my selfish way of saying, yeah, I, I can totally map to that. Like I want to pick out this one thing. I want to isolate it and then play with it and see what I can do with it. Right.
3: And, um, kind of a slightly different tangent sorry to, to uh to 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 derail that there but like I, <laughs> one of the things that i thought was kind of super fascinating about like listening to your podcast is that um you guys have a lot of equipment right <laughs> between yes. the two of you yes and i i mean i'm probably on the totally other end like i probably should have more guitars than i have (laughs) i probably should have an amp
0: do you need need one
3: (laughs) (laughs) so i have like i have i have like two functional guitars right (laughs) and uh i mean i have like a ukulele just because for my kids or something but like i have i mean i really i really only have two guitars i don't have an amp um all i have is this iRig, that's like my only, yep. like, I mean, actually, I do have a, I have a bit more of a beefy audio interface, like I have this Moto thing. Oh, yeah. Um, but
2: Humberland it's such a,
3: it's, it's really great. I, it's like 20 years old now, There, right? I don't uh, even yeah. have like a fucking Firewire input to like, oh plug man. It into.
0: <laughs> firewire, man, you just dated yourself.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I bought it from Sweetwater like in 9, 2000 uh, or something wow. like yeah, 2001. They've been around for a while. Um, wow. so like, and I, I just kind of thought that was also really, I mean, I found that was kind of like this weird, um, like dissonance in that you know, like on the one, like in some ways, like stuff I do is way more technical and kind of geeky than what you guys like. I mean, you guys like you know, when when I hear you play and like hear what you're practicing, you guys are are, you know playing guitar and kind of you know at the end of the day like a normal way, right? Like making making like you know make music that has like um, Mainstream, like, yeah. Okay. No, I mean, sure, I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I no, mean, I not, don't mean that don't, in a negative way. Not to denigrate, way. but like, yeah, 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 I mean, it's recognizable as like a song, yeah. right? Like, or 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 like a composition that you
1: would hear on the radio, yes.
3: That you could potentially hear on the radio, right? Or you might be able to like play a gig, like and stuff. Whereas I, I can't do that stuff because that's yeah. not the kind of thing that I'm doing. But I just have like way less equipment for <laughs> despite the fact that I'm in kind of this more weird like technical world.
1: well, that is Here's kind of what I think here but 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 my 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 thought on that is uh related to that problem of gear acquisition syndrome, and like Brian <laughs> and I are scatterbrained thinking about it like uh, play guitar. Oh, now let's play funk. Now let's play blues and let's do this thing and do that thing and do whatever. And, and, and And we love a project, right? Any any reason to
0: complicate it is just a brand new challenge. And and, and
1: we're not necessarily, we don't have, at least I don't, I'm not, maybe Brian has more of this. He's got something he's working on, on the, like, I think in the back of his mind, but of like a sound I want, like, this is the sound I want to make. It's clear in my mind what I am trying to do because I think when it's really clear in your mind what you're trying to do, this whole gear thing almost goes Doesn't unless matter. that's what you're doing. If you're doing a certain thing that needs all this gear, but you know exactly what it is, that's different. But like you know, that sound, you know what you're trying to to achieve. That voice you're you're close, yeah. To when it it's grounded, and, and so, something. Oh,
0: I've yeah. been watching, um, I've been watching a lot of Deadwood lately. I'm a latecomer to that show, but uh, this one other podcast that I listen to is doing a thing on it, so I've started to watch it. And uh, to your point, I could imagine, like, any of us rolling into town, we'd know exactly what to look for, right? You know, you roll into, like, a, a cowboy town, you'd be like, point me to the nearest guitar shop, or Shaker would yeah. be like, point me to the nearest Mellotron shop, or the nearest uh, Theremin shop. Like, we would yeah. just know, and, like, there would just be so much less, you know, they, the gear gives us such a great pretense, I guess, is what I'm trying to say.
3: Yeah. <laughs> but, hey, but for me, it's the opposite. Like, I don't, yeah. I wouldn't, get, I mean, I like guitars. I definitely like yeah. the, you know. The instrument like, the wood and all of that, yeah. like, haptic stuff around the guitar, but I just don't have a lot of them. <laughs> also, <laughs> we're in the United States
1: them. where it's all cheaper, you know? My interface well, Yeah, I guess that's part of it.
3: Like, it's cheap. just the equipment's expensive, but even still, like, I just don't have – I mean um, – and, and maybe it is what you were, ta- like, you got like, that, I thought that was an insightful kind of comment there, like, I mean, if I understood you correctly, Colmar, you were saying that, like, you, you want to be able to explore the space of all these sounds, because you kind of vaguely know what you want to do, but you want to be able to just have all these options available to you, and you just want to be to like, oh, let me try this other pedal, or let me, you know, see what happens if I do this, whereas, like, my me, like for me, I mean, I don't know. Like for me, it's just like, I'm just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why it's different. I just thought, but I thought that was just kind of very.
0: Is it like, um, um you're just going to code your way out of it kind of
3: thing?
2: I like guess you've so. Got, you've, like, you've, got, you've
0: got, you've got like the chops and doesn't matter what I mean, tools you have, kind of you'll tell right, your way out. Yeah. Exactly. That,
2: that's
3: like, I just have, I mean, I can kind of do anything, yeah. you know, <laughs> with like, I use the software called super collider, um, yep. which was originally mm-hmm. written by this guy named James McCartney. Um, and it's just like. I guess I mean it's kind of you know, it's kinda like Legos, right? Like when we were kids, there's just Legos. There's like kind of like blocks they're just like yellow, they might have been black, (laughs) might have been red. It wasn't green, lots of green,
0: way too much green.
3: Green Legos. And now but now it's this kind of like Oh, you're going to build like the Eiffel Tower with exact, like, and you have the exact pieces that build the Eiffel Tower, but you can't kind of, you just build the Eiffel Tower with them. Right. That's (laughs) because if
1: I give you the instruction manual, I can charge you 10 X for that same Legos, number (laughs) of Lego
3: pieces. (laughs) And, And I'm still definitely in that Lego world where I'm just like, okay, I've got all these pieces, you know, I've got all the pieces I need. And if I, I can just kinda of rearrange them in different ways to get like the stuff that I'm that I'm trying to get out of it. Yeah,
0: we we talked about that I think in the last episode or two episodes ago where it's like, Yeah, you can't really can't go wrong with uh carrots and onions and garlic and celery right, as like right. the basis for whatever it is you're cooking, right?
1: Yeah. So. Yep. yep right yep. yeah yep, yep when you have too many ingredients that's what we were saying yeah, right exactly it was like yeah. oh if i have a scale now that's got seven notes to it i'm just going to try <laughs> to play all seven of those notes all the time <laughs> as opposed to like here's a triad and i'm going to play i only play, pay, notes I only that play hexatonic scales? Well, hexatonic scales. that'll yeah. be in our that's right too. so guys i got to turn
0: into a yeah. pumpkin but there's one too. very important thing that we fucked up on at the start of this and that is Shaker. We didn't ask you what the last adulting thing you did before oh, you joined us was.
3: Right, right. <laughs> I guess, I mean, like, I'm in a different adulting space than you guys in some ways. Like, I don't own a car, I don't own right. a house. Like, I don't have, I don't, I don't, there's nobody, I don't care about people on my lawn. I don't have a lawn. <laughs> like, I just have. <laughs> So I'm kind of like a different kind of adult. I guess <laughs> <A> <laughs> that free, seems to be the theme of the show. Just free spirited like...
1: adult. I love it. I love it. I love it. So, Nothing with a... your parents. I mean, I find that to be a very adulting kind of thing, having to do stuff to help your parents out.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's the other thing too. Like, I mean, I'm kind of in this adulting Goldilocks world at the moment, where like um, my parents are still, you know, knock on wood, still like healthy and fit and don't require a lot like a lot of assistants at the moment. Yeah. I mean, zero assistants are super independent. And my kids are also now old enough that they don't require a lot yeah. of micos.
1: Like the so they make of... you breakfast. Oh my God. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also
0: he lives in a wooden shoe somewhere in Europe. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean your apartment or house is gorgeous. It's got like a super high ceiling, it looks
3: like <laughs> no, no, they're they're not very I they're not oh, yeah. super high. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're slanted because I'm in the roof. Yeah. Like,
2: you got eaves um, Yep.
3: Yeah. <laughs> i'm on the roof floor so yeah exactly but um in the
1: penthouse that's what we call the penthouse in america
3: okay the that's roof <laughs> no i'm
1: just
2: kidding
3: <laughs> um, i guess the i don't know like so yeah i'm able to i mean this isn't going to continue forever it's clear that there'll be moments where i have to you know where, where things will change but at the moment i'm not super concerned about adulting stuff <laughs> that's
1: beautiful <laughs> that's beautiful living the life living the dream we all want to have so we're moving right. the dream
3: of the, like, that's like, <laughs> dream of the 90s that's like i mean like portland can, you're in you portland know, like, yes yeah. you beat me to it oh, too good. Too portland good. in my ma- portland of your mind that's where i am <laughs> amazing
2: yeah
0: oh awesome buddy well great to catch up and great to talk to you but, and, definitely uh, yeah and- and thanks for thanks for being on and thanks for being our chief science reporter. Yeah. When, right, when right. we fuck up information about ohms, you're there to yeah, save yeah. us.
1: You know the only thing I'm going to miss from this episode is not getting comments from Shaker about this episode because he's on it. So.
3: <laughs> I can write I don't know, I can definitely write back and take apart something that I probably yeah. said incorrectly while <laughs> Or or
1: Brian, how did you edit it like this? That's not the Yeah, I'll, I'll
3: really edit going. it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. hey it was great yeah great talking to you guys too it yep. was really cool and right. um yeah i'll uh keep you posted on my like when i i'll send you my itinerary maybe if perfect we up.
1: we didn't play the last piece shit
3: we didn't play the Kres- last piece krepuzco. krepuzco uh yeah that's right in portuguese it's Crepusculo. yeah uh, right it probably means the same thing
1: it's going to be in our bumper, and we're you and I are just going to talk about. Oh, it. oh yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> there we go.
3: That's good. Then I'll give me a, give me a reason to write. There you <laughs> go. Okay. We'll give you a reason to
1: pay attention to the episode. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so I think here he was bouncing a ping pong ball. That's and, right.
3: uh, <laughs> if you guys only knew the context, you would totally get it. <laughs>
1: that's
3: right.
0: <laughs> All right. Otherwise, there's nothing to be done with it. All right. Cool. Okay. Awesome guys. to talk yeah, to you guys. Awesome. Likewise. Have a good Take care.
3: Uh, rest of your day. All right. Yep. Have <laughs> a good night.
2: Whoa, man! There it is. Yeah, yeah.
0: Which, you, which you heard there wasn't our usual uh, homegrown interstitial music or anything like that.
1: No, no. no. It was School at CERN, which I believe was a live performance that mm. he did. Got it. Yeah. So you heard us talk about that in the uh,
0: in the interview just now, and we didn't uh, we didn't have full time to address it there. So we thought we would use it as a transition piece, and we'll link to it. I think we can link to the the whole thing. Yeah, I think notes. it's on Bandcamp. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know that was. I, I was just t- telling you before we even were recording here. Like it's it's interesting to see how people express what's in their minds all kind of differently, right? Right. Like,
0: um, yeah. Like I said, it wasn't uh, it wasn't Bobby Sue down at the quarry or whatever or any old tired worn trope. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> wasn't some doo
1: or something yeah. like that, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, what's crazy is, like, even though I know in my head that was probably 100% electronically, discreetly, non analogly done, um, it sounded to me like sounds of nature in a way, mm-hmm. right? Like, I can imagine water running or, like, things dribbling and, um, yeah, something like that.
1: Animals chirping, <laughs> frogs, right. and, and different things. And then there were, like, sounds that were very... Analogish, kind of sounded like microphone feedback as it's coming in and yeah. some stuff that yeah. was kind of like analog delay. But I mean, like it's, it's, it goes back to the question that I think shake asked us of like, well, it's up to you. Like, how does that move you? Like, yeah. does that just make your skin crawl? You know, when we were talking about that <laughs> right. other, yeah. um the other Keith Rowe, yep. right. With the yep. Dremel tool and stuff. uh, So, Shake's music doesn't make my skin crawl, but uh, I'm not necessarily tapping my foot to it, but it would be cool probably to see him perform it live.
0: Yeah, and what's funny is it tracks so much, and I thought about this when we were uh, talking with him, but um, didn't bring it up. I remember hanging out with Shaker one winter break in between college semesters or something like that. And we all got out of the car to go somewhere and we were parked in like a gravel driveway and he kind of stopped and he had his hands in his pockets and he came over and he just took his foot and he just started like wiping his foot through a gra- the gravel and just kind of like playing with it, making like little circles and stuff like that. And we're like, what are you doing? He's like, this gravel just has a really interesting texture. I was just kind of messing with it for a while. We're like, what the, where do you hide now? Like what's going on? So like
1: he just sees the world like in a, di- in a yeah. different
0: way. It's a tough, Definitely uh, definitely different.
1: Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it's also kind of like my primitive version of that is like going to the washing machine and all of a sudden I'm getting different percussive sounds <laughs> right. on different parts of the washing machine and I start making a beat or something. But my yeah. beat is way more predictable. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. The the things I do to the steering
0: wheel are, you know, when waiting yeah. in traffic, right? Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So... Cool. Wow. Man, we talked a lot. I mean, not that we don't always talk to people a lot, but but like with Shaker, we could have just kept going and going and going and going.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was definitely definitely a good time. Definitely hard to figure out when we should stop at that one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Cool. All right. Well, as usual, we'll link to all the pertinence and uh, you can find us out on the internet, grade43.com on Instagram. We just posted a whole bunch of hilarious things on Instagram. You should totally check them out (laughs) Uh, related to our last episode. Uh, Oh, uh, one bit of uh, past follow up. It turns out we did have a little audio glitch with our last episode where the main talk track was much, much lower than the other incidentals going on in the podcast. That's since been remedied. So if you want to relive our episode on modes, uh in high def uh just, you know, better talking space, go for it. <laughs> good.
1: <laughs> good. Good good. And big shout out to Nate, our first patron Hell yeah. Thank you. Every little bit helps and it's really motivating for us. So we're just really excited to kinda get going with that.
2: So yeah.
0: and you know it's 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 a really good feeling to be on the um, on the receiving end of that, right? Because yeah. you and I both patron other people, yes. and it kind of feels good, and you feel like you're in this kind of, like, club, and you're doing stuff, and we, ha- we haven't figured out what we're going to do for you, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll figure out some, some tiers quick, but it's definitely good to be in a sphere of appreciation,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. seriously. Yeah, super motivating for me, so... Yeah. Thanks so much, and yep, we're like uh, like Brian said on the on the Instas, on the Twitters, and email us info at forty three dot com. Yep. Did you already say that? I don't know.
2: I'm I don't know. One. I may so, have. I
1: yeah. Know. All right.
0: Well, I was trying to think of how to end this, but the only thing I could think of was,
1: you know, get off my lawn.
2: I apologize.
1: (laughs) I couldn't even think straight anymore. You know, when you get to that point where you're just like,
3: it's been like 10 minutes where you've had to pee, right? Like I saw (laughs) (laughs) there
1: it has been like 10 minutes. This is probably from all the research you've done around respiration and all that other stuff. I have literally needed to pee for 10 minutes. How the hell do you know this? Wow.